G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It is Tuesday and always good to check on those breaking news headlines as they have been presenting in the media so far as the nation of Israel and throughout the Middle East. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines once again overnight. Back with us, Ron, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Hey, Ron, let's talk coronavirus and vaccinations. Israel apparently hasn't paid for one and a half million coronavirus vaccines, and there's some supply issues here. Supply's been postponed. What's the story? A shipment of 700,000 doses of the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine scheduled to land in Israel on Sunday will not be arriving. The report's authenticity was confirmed on Sunday night by Health Ministry Director-General Professor Hezig Levi. The reason for the delay is that Israel hasn't paid the company for the previous shipment of 1.5 million doses since the Israeli government has delayed its decision on the payment. According to the Monday morning report on Galei Sahal, the company is fuming at the State of Israel for not yet paying for their doses and decided at this stage to cease the shipments until the issue of payment is resolved. In one case, I heard an executive describe the Israel situation as a banana republic. (laughs) Business is business, isn't that the case? Wow. Okay, Ron, let's move on. After the election just a couple of weeks ago, Benjamin Netanyahu has secured most nominations for prime minister, but his chances of forming an effective government seem slim. What's the story here? Yeah, it's confusion reigning supreme. The New Hope, Joint List and Ram parties on Monday refrained from endorsing any candidate for Prime Minister, ensuring that Likud leader Benjamin Netanyahu gained the most recommendations to form a government. At the end of a day of consultations by party representatives with President Rivlin, Netanyahu had been endorsed by 52 members of Parliament 30 from Likud, Shaz 9, United Torah Judaism 7, and Religious Zionism 6. Yeshida Ted leader, Yair Lapid, was recommended as Prime Minister by 45 parliamentarians, and Naftali Bennett by seven members of his own party. The three parties who made no recommendation uh, for the final 16 seats, New Hope, Joint List, and Ram. That meant Netanyahu was well placed to be tasked by Rivlin with attempting to form a new coalition. But uh, Rivlin's office is said to make a statement later today. Netanyahu still lacked a clear path to assembling a majority coalition in the 120-member Knesset. Earlier in the day's consultation, President Rivlin lamented that he could not see a way for anyone to form a coalition. Well, challenging times ahead and not just on the capacity of Benjamin Netanyahu to form a effective government, but there's also these 
charges, these accusations of corruption that have held on now for a long time. Now a retired judge predicts that Benjamin Netanyahu's corruption trial will run for at least three years. What's the story here? It's impossible to believe this stuff. The former head of the Jerusalem District Court, where Prime Minister Netanyahu's corruption trial is being held, predicted over the weekend the legal proceedings against Israel's longest-serving leader will take at least three years to complete. It will be a minimum of three years. I simply did the arithmetic. There are 300 witnesses. From my experience, even if only 50 of the witnesses are heard, it will be important and take a long time. Mosek added, what's more, this trial has begun unlike any other trial. There's no effort to deal efficiently with the critical issues between the defence and the prosecution. Neither the defence nor the prosecution is prepared to dispense with a single one of their witnesses. In my opinion, they won't reach any agreements on non-central issues in this dispute. He said it was too early to predict whether a plea bargain would be offered in the case. But really, it's hard to fathom. Hard to fathom, and given the Israeli record now on elections, in uh, three years, if it takes three years for the trial, Ron, uh, they could have three or four more elections in that time. They could. (laughs) There's even a suggestion that they nominate Netanyahu to replace uh, Rivlin as president, uh, and that would create a bigger majority for the right-wing parties. But uh, really, it's a catastrophe. Wow. Let's turn our sights to neighbouring nation Jordan and after a recent coup in Jordan, Israel, the USA and Saudi leaders are backing the Jordanian king. How does this one look? Yeah, international leaders, including Israel's Defence Minister Benny Gantz, released statements of support for Jordan's King Abdullah after the kingdom's security services foiled what they called an attempted coup. During a press conference on Sunday, Jordanian Foreign Minister Ayman Safadi said that the malicious plot had been thwarted at the zero hour. He said that 14 to 16 individuals, some with close ties to King Abdullah's half-brother, former Crown Prince Hamza bin Hussein, had been conspiring to topple the kingdom's long-time leader. Prince Hamza is currently under house arrest and the Jordanian government is keeping mum about the extent of his alleged involvement. World leaders expressed their support for King Abdullah. Jordan is a strategic partner for many countries, widely seen as an island of stability in the Middle East. The Hashemite family has been ruling the kingdom for a century. And uh, let's finish up talking a little about Easter in Israel, Ron, because here we are in Australia. We've just celebrated Good Friday, Crucifixion Day, and, of course, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, and uh, Israel is renowned for major celebrations when it comes to Easter and Passover. Some Christians marked Easter in Israel, but understandably, uh, given coronavirus, the numbers were way, way down this year. Yeah, Christians came to the Holy Land to mark Easter this year amid signs of the coronavirus crisis winding down and some religious sites were open to limited numbers of the faithful crowd. The virus is still raging in the Philippines, France, Brazil and other predominantly Christian countries where worshippers are marking a second annual Holy Week under various movement restrictions amid outbreaks fanned by more contagious strains. Last year, Jerusalem was under strict lockdown 
with sacred rites observed by small groups of priests, often behind closed doors. It was a stark departure from past years when tens of thousands of pilgrims descended on the city's holy sites. Things are open, but cautiously and gradually, said Radi M. Benatha, an advisor to church leaders in Israel. In regular years, we urge people to come out. Last year, we told people to stay at home. This year, we are somehow silent. Israel has launched one of the world's most successful vaccination campaigns, allowing it to open restaurants, hotels, and religious sites. But air travel is still limited to quarantine and other restrictions, keeping away the masses of foreign visitors who usually flock to Jerusalem during the Easter holiday. Yes, well, Israel, a little ahead of the curve, getting things together, but now needs to wait for the world to catch up in some sense uh, and to have those borders open for the ability of Christians to return for celebration times like Easter. Ron, always so good to get your insights. Thanks so much for scouring the headlines overnight. Really appreciate you, and thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.